in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Our Bible study tonight from uh, John chapter 11. This chapter describes the Lord Jesus Christ's great miracle in raising Lazarus from the dead. Only St. John records this miracle. Although other writers recorded other events in which our Lord Jesus Christ raised the dead, some people wonder why none except John records this great miracle. Neither Matthew, nor Mark, nor Luke. There may be various reasons that are not recorded in the other three Gospels. But in John chapter 12, verse 9 to 11, we read that after this miracle, the Jews wanted to kill Lazarus to eliminate the evidence that Jesus had raised him. St. John apparently wrote much later than the other three Gospels. So some commentators have suggested that perhaps the earlier writers, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, did not record the miracle in order to minimize the threat to Lazarus' life because you wanted to kill him. The more they spread the claim of the miracle, the more likely the Jews would want to eliminate the evidence by killing Lazarus. But by the time St. John wrote, so many years had passed that Lazarus may have been dead but by that time, or at least the event had happened so long ago that the threat to kill Lazarus was minimal. Another explanation why Matthew, Mark, and Luke did not record this uh, miracle maybe because John was the only one of the four writers who had witnessed the event firsthand. Perhaps some of the apostles were elsewhere at the time. And if Matthew and Mark and Luke were elsewhere, maybe they simply left the miracle for John to record it since John was the first eyewitness to the miracle. The chapter outline from verse 1 to 16, the death of Lazarus. From 17 to 27, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. From 28 to 37, Jesus and death, the last enemy. From 38 to 44, 
Lazarus raised from or was raised from the dead. And from 45 to 57, the plot to kill Jesus. Uh, we will cover half of the chapter only today. From verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. The account here introduces us to some new characters who have a prominent role in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is the family of Lazarus. There are two sisters and their brother, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Lazarus' name is literally Lazar, and this is shortened from Eliazar. Eliazar is a Jewish name, means God helps. God helps. Bethany was situated at the foot of the Mount Olives, about two miles away from Jerusalem. We are told that Mary anointed Jesus with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair. As we read in verse 2, it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. This has apparently not happened yet because the anointment of the Lord Jesus Christ happened after the miracle of raising Lazarus, not before. But John, and, and, and St. John actually wrote it after the resurrection of Lazarus in John chapter 12 from verse 1 to verse 11. So what did he do? He just included a note here about the event to help us to identify the people. And since there are a number of women named Mary, like Mary the mother of Jesus, Mary the wife of Cluba, Mary Magdalene, Mary the sister of Lazarus. So many Marys. So St. John wanted to distinguish this Mary by referring to another event that involved her. She is the one who anointed the head of Jesus. Also in Luke chapter 10, on another occasion, the Lord Jesus Christ taught at their home and rebuked Martha for being so concerned about the meal that she wanted Mary to help with the serving instead of spending time 
listening to the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is very, very unlikely that John is referring to the sinful woman who wiped uh, the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ with her tears and then anointed them with her hair. This in Luke chapter 7 and this is the gospel of the second watch of the midnight hour. Uh, very, very unlikely that this was Mary, mother of uh, the sister of Martha and Lazarus, because Mary of Bethany has always been a symbol of virtue. And the church father did not associate her with the sinful woman in Luke chapter 7. Verse 3. Therefore the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Nothing could be more simple nor more modest than this prayer. They did not say, come and heal him, or command the disease to depart even where you are, and it will obey you. No. They content themselves with simply stating the case. He is sick. And they used an indirect but a most forcible argument to persuade our Lord to show forth his power and goodness by saying, He whom you love. He whom you love is sick. Then you cannot neither abandon him nor us because you love him. Verse 4. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. The Lord Jesus Christ was quite deliberate about the whole thing. He said the sickness was not to death, but for God's glory and for the Son of God to be glorified. Exactly like what he said about the man who was born blind, when he said, neither this man nor his parent sinned, but that the God may be glorified. So the point is not that Lazarus would not die when he said this sickness not unto death, for he obviously died and remained in the tomb for, for uh, days. But when he said this sickness is not unto death, he meant that even his death would not be the final result or the mere result accomplished by the sickness because I will go and raise him from the dead. So 
What is the ultimate goal here? The ultimate goal is to give glory to God and the Son of God, Jesus, will be glorified too. Verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Therefore, when he delayed for two days longer in the place where he was, was not through lack of affection for this distressed family. But he stayed two more days that he might have a more favorable opportunity to prove to them how much he loved him, loved Lazarus, and the two sisters. Verse 6, So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Christ never denies a less favor. But in order to grant a greater one, he delayed his response. Many times God delays to respond to our prayers. And even when we are in distress, like Martha Mary, but when God delays, not because he doesn't care, or not because he doesn't love us, but most of the time, to prove his purpose, that God will be glorified at the end. So there is usually goodness when the Lord delays. This Sunday you will hear about the announcement of, or the annunciation of Archangel Gabriel to Zechariah with the birth of John the Baptist. Definitely God delayed so many years But at the end, he gave them John the Baptist, the forerunner. And usually, God shows more kindness and compassion as we saw in the story of raising Lazarus. So it is unfortunately usually for some of us to explain his delay that he is testing our faith. And some commentators said he delayed to test the faith of the two sisters. Or maybe he delayed because of the nature of the work that he was doing in the place where he was. Some also said because he was unwilling to leave and to go to Jerusalem because the Jews were chasing to kill him. But the first reason, actually, he was delayed in order to glorify God. It will not be a miracle of healing, but it will be a miracle of resurrection.
And we cannot say that he was testing their faith because both Mary and Martha believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And their message to him, he whom you love is sick, this is a statement of faith. This faith has no reason to be tested. And also, his presence at Bethany was not necessary for healing Ladders. The Lord performed many miracles of healing from afar off. And He, as God, He was able to heal Lazarus from afar off. He doesn't He didn't have to travel to Bethany to heal Lazarus. Maybe another explanation, as he said to St. Mary, Mother of God, at the wedding of Cana of Galilee, my hour has not yet come. So maybe he delayed and did not go immediately because the hours of his work were marked out by signs that he alone could read. So God in his economy, he knows what is the right time to go to raise ladders from the dead. Verse uh, 7. Then after this he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. And in verse 11, he told him, Lazarus died. Uh, in verse 14, Lazarus is dead. In verse 14, Lazarus is dead. So it's clear that when the Lord decided to go to, Jude- to, to, to Bethany, by that time, Lazarus was dead already. So, when they sent the message and the Lord said, this sickness is not unto death, Lazarus was alive at this moment. But when he told them in verse 7, let us go to Judea, at this moment Lazarus was dead. So maybe he died during these two days. And then the trip took two days, that's why when he arrived there, Yeah, he had four days in the tomb. The Lord Jesus Christ suggested that the disciples go with him. He will not go alone. And this surprises the disciples. As we read in verse 8, the disciples said to him, Rabbi, 
Lately, the Jews sought to stone you. And are you going there again? As we read in chapter 10, they wanted to stone him. So the, the disciples were surprised. You left Judea because of the opposition of your enemies. And the Jews determined to kill you. So they reminded the Lord Jesus Christ of this and asked him why you want to go back. And he stayed actually beyond Jordan just for very short time. And after he, the Jews wanted to kill him, as we read in chapter 10, then he went beyond the Jordan, and now he is returning back to Judea. He stayed there for a short time. So the disciples are amazed how the Lord will go soon and uh, put himself in confrontation with furious and hostile crowd. And perhaps the disciples interpreted when he delayed for two days, the reason is to avoid the danger facing him in Judea. So they are reminding him, did you forget? Uh, but the Lord Jesus Christ, yes, he left Judea because at that time, his time to die on the cross did not come yet. But now he will go and the, the Passion Week will start. Uh, so he did not go back to see Lazarus when he was sick because the time was not yet right for what he needed and intended to do. And that is a concept of the fullness of time. God doesn't do anything randomly or haphazardly. Everything according to an economy and a plan. So now, when he told them, let's go to Judea, now was the right time. And that's why he wanted to return and he was ready to return. So how the Lord answered them? In verse 9, he told them, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. The Jews used to divide the day from sunrise to sunset into 12 equal parts. A similar illustration, we can read it also in John chapter 9. So the day is 12 hours, from 6 in the morning until 6 uh, p.m., and then the night from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. That's why there is 12 hours. 
So when we say actually the third hour in the Agbaya, so if the starting is six, the third hour will be nine. The sixth hour will be 12. Ninth hour will be three and, and so on. So the Lord said, if anyone walks in light, walks means travel. So the illustration here is taken from a traveler. And the conversation was respecting a journey into Judea. And our Lord, as his custom, took this illustration from the case before him. So he told them, we have 12 hours in the day. And if we traveled now, in the daylight, we'll not stumble because we see the light of this world. But if anyone travels in night, he will stumble because the light is not in him. And here the Lord starts to use this opportunity as usual to give them a spiritual message. So the fact People at that time, because there was no electricity, they did not travel by night. Most of the time they traveled by day and not by night in order not to stumble. So if you have the light, you can make your journey safely because you can see the obstacle and the dangers and you can avoid them. You have the light of this world the light by which the world is illuminated, the light of the sun. But in the night, it's darkness, and the person unable to see any danger or obstacle, so his journey will be safe and dangerous. When he said the light is not in him, he sees no light. But what is the spiritual meaning here? The day for the Lord Jesus Christ means his life on earth. The darkness or the night, when by his own will and authority alone, he delivered himself into the hand of the Jews to crucify him. That's why he told them, this is your hour and the power of darkness. So the Lord said, why are you afraid? I still have works to finish in the day before I deliver myself by my own will and by my authority alone to the Jews. And I will tell them at this moment, this is your hour and the power of darkness. So the night for me did not come yet. And they cannot kill me unless I give them the authority to do this. If I don't give them the permission to do this, they cannot kill me. I am the immortal. I am the life. So the person, when he walks in darkness, his eyes admit no light within him. If I walk in darkness, I will be like the blind. So there is no light inside me to direct my way.
So, the meaning here, the symbolic meaning, that the appointed time for me, Jesus, to live and to do my Father's will is still there. I am going to raise ladders, and this is part of my Father's will. So, they points to the time of his life and death, and a night to the time of his crucifixion and death. So as if he said, I have not traveled the 12 hours of my life yet. When he told them, are there not 12 hours in the day? As if he said, I did not travel. I did not finish my works on earth yet. My last hour is not yet come. And the Jews, with all their malice and hatred, will not be able to bring the moment of crucifixion sooner than my plan. And I am immortal till my work is done. And I am going to Bethany to perform the work of my father. And when all is completed, then it is their hour and the power of darkness. As we read in Luke chapter 22, verse 53. So the lesson here for us, this passage teaches us that we should be diligent and working the work of God to the end of our life on earth. Life for us is the time to fulfill the will of God. And for us, Jesus is the light of the world. And he who walks in the light of Jesus and walk in the Holy Spirit and by the direction of God cannot stumble, cannot fall into sin, nor be surprised by any unexpected death. But he who walks in the night, in the darkness of his own heart, by separating himself from the Lord, the light of the world, and he who walks according to the principles of this dark world, he will stumble, he will fall into sin, and at the end, he will fall into the eternal uh, lake of fire. Verse 11. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, and I go that I may wake him up. The Lord used the word sleep to express the death of Lazarus. It is strange that the disciples could imagine that Jesus Christ spoke of ordinary sleep because if just ordinary sleep, the Lord would not go two or three days just to wake him up from ordinary sleep. Uh, 
But they thought, thought that Jesus is speaking that he was sick and now he sleeps. And usually with some illness, sleep is a sign of improvement. Now he, he, his illness is getting better. So they thought that the Lord Jesus Christ is going there actually to complete his healing. And maybe their fear made them not understanding that he was speaking about physical death, not just ordinary sleep. When he told them, our friend, so this was a gentle reminder that Lazarus was not only his friend, but their friend as well. So they should go with him. And most probably, the 12 disciples were received as guests with the Lord Jesus Christ at the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. The word sleep here, as we say in the Latin for the departed, for there is no death for your servants but a departure. So Christian have the hope of eternal life. A Christian must face physical death. Yes, all of us will die. But for the Christian, it is only a sleep because death will not be final. There will be an awakening out of this sleep, a resurrection. The significance of death of their friend Lazarus includes the strengthening the strengthening of the disciples' faith through the miracle of his resurrection. That's why the Lord told, they said to him, then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. But Lord actually waited in order to strengthen the faith of the disciples when they see the miracle of resurrection. And they need to see his power in raising Lazarus so that when they saw him weak at the moment of crucifixion, they, will, they wouldn't doubt him. So they did not understand that was speaking about his death. Although three of them, John, James, and Peter, heard our Lord Jesus Christ applying the word sleep to death when he raised the daughter of Jairus when he told uh, them make room for the girl is not dead but sleeping so 
the word of truth here when he said our friend Lazarus sleeps this actually is the true word about death because death for the Lord Jesus Christ physical death is just asleep so they told him if he sleeps he will get well Mean, meaning if now after his illness now he can sleep then he improved this means he will get well however Jesus spoke of his death but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep just taking rest in sleep after the illness so now he is resting uh, as a sign of improvement verse 14 then Jesus said to them plainly Lazarus is dead now actually these words fall short of the truth but the Lord used this word because the, the disciples that is the only way to understand that he is physically dead then the Lord told them in verse 15, And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. So the Lord said, He is dead, and I am glad. The word at first sound not right. How he said, He is dead, and I am glad. But he explained quickly why he was glad uh, because their faith will be strengthened so the Lord foreseeing the resurrection of Lazarus he did not speak of sorrow but of joy the joy is not at the fact of death but the joy that uh, he, is, he was not there so he will raise Lazarus, so God will be glorified, and the faith of the disciples will be strengthened. Because if he was there, it, was, it would be just a miracle of healing. Now it's a greater miracle to raise a dead man uh, from death. And the Lord raised before Lazarus the daughter of, of Jairus and the son of the widow at the city of Nain. But this miracle is still greater miracle because he raised him after four days. And uh, after four days, his body definitely started to decay. Uh, so he's not newly dead but now his body starts to decay the Lord told them that you may believe he told them I was glad for your sake that I was not there that you may believe that you may believe St. Augustine he said when the Lord says that you may believe we must not suppose he means that they might begin 
them for the first time to believe. But that their faith already begun might be increased. For the faith of the disciple is still in need of miracle to increase, to make it grow more strong and rooted. So St. Augustine said that you may believe doesn't mean they were unbelievers. So after the miracle, they start to believe. But he meant their faith might grow. Verse uh, 16, then Thomas, who is called the twin Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Uh, Thomas is Didymus in Greek, which means twin. So he encouraged the disciples and told them, let us go and let us not be afraid, even if we are going to die with the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us be courageous enough to go, even to die with him. So he seemed to agree that they should all go with the Lord Jesus Christ, and all of them be exposed to the death awaiting him. Uh, so now uh, he contrasted their attitude and encouraged all of them to go together. But unfortunately, at the moment of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, this attitude was reversed because all of them fled. Even Didymus did not, or, or Thomas did not believe his resurrection and doubted his resurrection. But here we can see the devotion and the courage of Thomas. He was, usually speak negatively about Thomas, he doubted the Lord Jesus Christ. But in this situation, Thomas was very devoted and very courageous, willing even to die with the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. Bethany, was about two miles away. By the time the Lord arrived, Lazarus had been in the tomb four days. Uh, other evangelists recorded some of events that occurred during the journey toward Bethany. For example, the Lord healed the blind man in Jericho, and the Lord met Zacchaeus in the journey to Bethany and his, the conversion of Zacchaeus, and the Lord stayed one night in his house. So there is a very beautiful lesson for us. Although the Lord loved Lazarus and his sisters, and he was on his way to raise Lazarus from the dead, yet he did not dismiss the needs of others. He attended the blind man, he attended to Zacchaeus. Uh, 
And the detail that Lazarus had been dead for four days is very important. That's why he recorded it for us. It makes clear that Lazarus was really, really dead, deceased completely. And according to the cultural tradition of the Jews, it was believed that the soul hover around the body three days. But after that time, after the three days, the soul completely moves away from the body. So after the three days of death, there is no hope of resurrection or revival to uh, the body. And that's why the Jews believe that the decay starts on the fourth day. Verse uh, 19, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. The word Jews in the Gospel of John usually means the non-believers. Bethany was near Jerusalem. So many of the relatives and friends of the family came to support Mary and Martha according to the Jewish custom to mourn with them and to support them. So the Jews here, as St. John in many verses, in John 1.19, in John 10.31, in John 10.39, when he used the word Jews, he refers to those who are opposing the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who want to stone him. So, and the family of, of Lazarus was highly esteemed in Jerusalem. Uh, that's why it is naturally to find many friends of the higher rank of Jews actually there. And according to the Jewish tradition, the days of mourning, 30 days, and they were divided. Three days of weeping, seven days of lamentation, and 20 days of sorrow. So the fourth day, means it's the first day of the seven days of lamentation. So the three days of weeping ended, and this is the first day of the seventh day of lamentation. Verse 20. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Apparently, Martha was eagerly awaiting the arrival of the Lord. And we can suppose that she was the oldest of two sisters. She was managing the house, as we read in Luke chapter 10, and now she is the first one who hear about the arrival of Jesus. Uh, and she was eagerly awaiting for his arrival to comfort her 
and to comfort her sister too. So upon hearing that he was on the way, she did not wait. She abandoned all the Jewish tradition of lamentation and mourning. And she left everybody that were visiting her and she hurried to meet the Lord on the road. So she left the house as well as the village of Bethany as we read later and met him, met him outside Bethany. Mary was sitting in the house. What does this mean? It is likely that St. John intended to convey the idea of sorrow and distress because anciently afflicted person were accustomed to put themselves in this posture to sit and mourn and weep and lament as expression of their distress. As if their grief have rendered them immovable. So they were sitting and crying. Also, maybe she did not hear about the arrival of the Lord. That's why she did not go with her sister. And when we read in, in verse 32, Mary repeated the same words of Martha to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, which means that both sisters, they, their perception, perception of Jesus was just as a prophet, but they did not believe in his divinity. Maybe he's a Messiah, but he's just a prophet. He's not God who came in the flesh. So Martha said to him in verse 21, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. So, Mary and Martha thought that he could cure at hand, but not at a distance. If you are here, you can cure him, but you cannot cure him at distance. Also, they thought that it was because uh, he can cure him, but he cannot raise him from the dead. So if you came early, there was a hope, but now what can you do? He's dead. Or maybe they thought he didn't know about his illness. And if he knew in, the, in her mind, if he knew that he was ill, he would come. So maybe the message when they sent him, Lazarus whom you love is sick, maybe the message was not delivered to him. So they had no proper notion of his divinity. And uh, just they believed he is a prophet. And as a prophet, she was confident that God would give Jesus as a prophet whatever he is asking from God. Uh, but why 
she did not ask Jesus to raise him from the dead. Maybe she believed he cannot do it. Uh, that's why he told, she told him later at the tomb, there is this tension here. What are you doing? Why are you removing the stone? Or maybe it, it was a kind of submission to the will of God. So, uh, if you want to raise him, raise him. If you don't, I'm accepting your will. Uh, or maybe because she didn't believe in his divinity, that's why she wouldn't ask him to raise her brother Lazarus. That's why some father said her faith was imperfect. But St. Augustine has different opinion. Uh, St. Augustine said, Martha illustrates the perfect example of Christian faith. She places herself and her brother entirely in the hand of God in submission to his will. This is the opinion of St. Augustine. And she did not ask for his resurrection because it's a sign of complete surrender to the will of God. Verse 23, and we'll stop at verse 27. So we have five more verses. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So the context makes it obvious that the Lord meant your brother will rise now, miraculously. But because he did not specify when this would happen, Martha believed that the Lord is just comforting her and telling her that your brother will rise at the resurrection, at the general resurrection of the dead, at the last day. And Martha confirmed that she is confident that Lazarus would rise again in the last day. So she apparently was thinking that he offered her words of comfort, affirming the doctrine of resurrection of the body in the final judgment uh, in which also Martha believed. So the Lord replied to her and told her in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall not live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So the Lord told her, I am the resurrection and the life. She said that her brother shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But by whom he will rise again. So the Lord told her, it's by me. I am the resurrection. I am the author of resurrection and the author of life. I am the resurrection. I am he who will at the last day raise your brother Lazarus. So if I am he who will raise your brother Lazarus in the last day, then I can therefore to raise him right now. I am the resurrection. 
and the life. This was the direct answer to Martha, profession of faith that I know he will rise in the last day. So the Lord is telling her of present realization uh, that what she expected at the last day, it can happen right now because I am the resurrection and the life. And the very fact that Jesus made such a claim, he is the resurrection and life, either he is truly God or he is not a good man to claim that he, nobody, no human being can claim he is the resurrection of life. So there is no middle ground position can be accepted. So when Jesus said, I am the resurrection, this means he is truly God. I am the resurrection and the life. So that's why he told her, whoever believes in me, even he may suffer the physical death, but he will come to eternal life. And the gift of spiritual rebirth will offer to him now in baptism and in the, my second coming when he will rise from the dead. Whoever believes in me, any believer, even if he dies physically, he will live. He will live eternally. So the believer who is resurrected spiritually in Christ by baptism, uh, chrismation, repentance, confession, communion, even though in flesh he may die for some time, but his spirit during this time is alive in the paradise of joy. And in my second time, his spirit will return to the body and also he will be raised with the glorious body. That's why we speak about two resurrection. In the book of Revelation we read, blessed is he who participate in the first resurrection, the second death will have no power of him. The first resurrection through repentance, through baptism, through communion, through a confession, that's the first resurrection. In the first resurrection, we die to sin, but we are raised to eternal life. And the second resurrection, in the second coming of Jesus, we will be raised into the resurrection of life. Then he said, and he who is alive, he who believes in me, though he, he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me. So those who are physically alive and lives and, and believes in me shall never die, shall never die spiritually. Yes, they may die physically, but shall never die spiritually. Uh, or whoever lives spiritually and believes in me, continue in his faith, 
and he is alive spiritually, shall never die. So even this de death, physical death, is, is just sleep, departure, but not death. So the believer who is alive spiritually will never die uh, eternally. Whoever receives the gift of life through faith in Jesus Christ will never die a spiritual death because this life is eternal. That's why he said, I am the life. This life from above, through God, And the Lord Jesus Christ even conquered the physical death by his resurrection. By his death, he abolished the power of death. And he gave us a spiritual life and also a resurrection in the body, in the second coming. So we, the believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, who are victorious over death forever. And this victory actually will be final in the second coming of Jesus Christ when actually death will be completely abolished. As we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the last enemy will be abolished is death. So the Lord was giving this introduction to Martha as a sign that your brother Lazarus will rise right now, not only in the last day, but right now. Then he asked her, do you believe in this? Do you believe this? She said to him, verse 27, the last verse in our Bible said tonight, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. So Martha responded in faith, in love, in obedience, to the teaching of Christ in her profession of faith. Her statement is one of the clearest recognition of Jesus as the Messiah in the Gospel of St. John. And it is one of the fullest profession of faith in the New Testament. And it has the spirit of Peter's confession when Peter said to him, you are the son you are Christ, the Son of the living God. She told him, yes, I believe. Uh, so, either when she said, yes, I believe, either she meant, I believed this from before, for some time, or after you are teaching me right now, my faith, increased and now I believe that you are the Christ the Messiah but the verb in Greek uh, I believe signify the present time not the past so here Martha acknowledged the Lord Jesus Christ as the Messiah promised to their fathers uh, but as we see later her face goes no farther and have received uh, 
some hope, she received some hope that her brother may rise now uh, uh, from the death. That's why she waited no more and ran to call her sister Mary to give her also hope that maybe our brother Lazarus may rise right now. This concludes our Bible study tonight. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.